We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. How you doing, Dusty? Good to see you, buddy. Uh, good to see you. Good to be back with you on the air. Um, had a nice little um, trip up to Buffalo. Well, everything was nice except the last, you know, minute. The ending of the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's usually how it goes. So that was it. Yeah. Well, it's good. We were uh, you and I were in uh, texting both before the game and and then after the game because I just wanted like I there is a part of me that when somebody's in that I don't want to like text them during the game, but. Right. I just the first person I thought of was Lil Fox out there and that Bro. first like I know Buffalo has had these moments before here recently against Kansas City. Two years ago it was the twelve seconds left in the clock, that kind of stuff. It was thirteen, but yeah, it's it's who, who's counting. It's totally different when you're there in person. Bro, it, it it was so frustrating because the Bills outplayed the Chiefs by a mile. Mm-hmm. You know the Chiefs only ran like 43 plays offensively? That makes a lot of sense. That that kind of checks out. The Bills had the ball for 15, the whole quarter, 15 yep. minutes more than the Chiefs. It just felt like. Uh, it, you know what? I have an idea. I have an idea. That? I think that on fourth and five at your own 30, you should run a fake punt. That was. He's lucky. He's like I said this yesterday. I mean, he's lucky that uh, that uh, the, what's fumble, his name? the fumble on the end zone. Fumble on the end zone. I it, think it, it was, might have saved it his was job. Michael Hardman, I believe. Yeah, like it might have saved his job. Honestly, I don't know. It should have. And I, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, Bro. it's been six years. You've been knocking on the AFC Championship game. You've made it. You've once. got. You've got an MVP caliber quarterback. Well, and can I just tell you, everybody puts that on. Um, well, Pat is just better than Josh. I think that's doo-doo. I think it's Andy Reid is just a better coach than Sean McDermott. No disrespect to Sean. I think Sean's still a good head coach. But I think Andy Reid is a great head coach. And I think that that is as much the difference in that little rivalry as anything else. 100%. So, yeah. We're here. We're, you're, uh, you're, you're. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah. We'll get more into... Your, that, uh, by the way, that was like my first time really at like a football game, like a, like a cold weather football game where I, I did the full tailgate experience. You ever coming back from that? Or are you, you going to have to? 
I don't know, man. It was it was pretty cool. I mean, it was like a lot of work though. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, you know, like I'm like not manly at all. Mm-hmm. Like barely can do anything. Yeah. Um. But I I did, however, like do a little planning, and we got the propane tank with the heater on top, and all, you know. I've said I didn't know how to light it, so I had to ask some people next door <laughs> to uh, to get it going, which they did. Yeah, it was good. And we got the little, little camping uh, burners, and we had had some brats, you know, boiling up there, and it was good. I've been able to you know get to know more tailgaters here this time around than my first time around, um, and I'm just blown away. You know, the Top Dog tailgate. I've been uh, on their mutts for Max for a couple years now, but it's like every time, even if it's just one person out of the trunk of their car. As part of like a greater tailgate, I am so blown away by the amount of work that these folks put in, the amount of dedication, and like it just it like it really is like to me, it's so easy to be cynical about being a fan or about football or about the the giant monopoly that is the NFL, and then you go and just see how individually people live their lives as a fan, and how they express that, and it's really kind of beautiful. So the one thing I I'm, I'm learning here. As as I, I I've, I'm trying to go back at one game a year to Buffalo. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know my son. People give me a hard time on Twitter. I'm like, okay, first off, I played there, and my son loves the team because dad played there. Like, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Well, no, you're only allowed to like one team. On, I love get, the Browns. I love yeah. the Bills. It's no. fine. It's it, it is what it is. Anyway, so um, after the game, bro, we sat in traffic in the parking lot for two and a half hours. So. I think the smart play is to tailgate after the game. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And that's just wait. Really, yeah. Wait yeah. it out. Yeah. The only, the only that's what we did. It. We so this summer we went to that concert down at, at the Horseshoe. It was uh, Morgan Wallen, mm-hmm. and like after the game, traffic was insane. I'm like, okay, just also the weather was a lot nicer. But like we just tailgated for like an hour and then got in the car and then cruised out. No traffic at all. We used to do that all the time when I was much much younger at Blossom. Yeah. You see how Blossom traffic Blossom is can be? the worst. Yeah. So no matter where you're parked, if you don't get at, at the right spot at the right time, it's total luck. So if you find you get to your spot, you realize you're you're blocked in, just either reheat the grill or you still have some some brews if you're of age, you can just go back to it. It's the best possible thing. So that was cool. Um we're gonna get more into the the uh, the road travels of Dustin Fox because something funny happened uh, that we And I don't to. even know why. I don't even know why. But I know we had a lot of Browns talk so far this week. Uh, we got more playoff talk, more Browns talk today as well. But uh, the Cavs, Cavs now on an eight-game winning streak uh, powered by almost exclusively Sam Merrill, who when I when I finally who, like so, who, who like in a week is going to be on the bench? Yeah. Well, okay. All right. There is that conversation. There is the fact that JB Bickerstaff cannot be trusted with a rotation. No, I, when, I, when I, I personally help. would not put him on the bench, but you know JB will. Yes. Yes. So that's the point. But. This is this is one of the all-time heat checks by any like previous 10th man on the rotation. Like I was trying to think of other really cool runs that like and like by the way, I think Sam Merrill is actually better than the 10th man on this, but the problem is you got a head coach who likes to keep his rotation tight for whatever reason. But last tight. night, this actually, you know what? Let's go to the month of January. Sam Merrill is averaging 14 points per game. He's shooting 43% from three, four rebounds, and three assists per game as well. Like, this dude, and it's so funny because there are a lot of people <laughs> popping up and like, I told you about Sam Merrill. We, guys, we do this with players every year, and we're more, more, more often than not wrong about it. 
And there are people who have been telling me for a hot minute now that Isaiah Mobley was the better of the Mobley twins. It's okay. But I just think, like, can I just say, okay, because we got to get into the real thing of this, and there are bigger questions to kind of get into with this. I just say this. The Cavs are making it fun to be a Cavs fan again. Yeah. Can we just start there? Can, can we just start yeah, how well, unfun it was the first month and a half, two months, two and a half months of the season? I mean, the weird thing is, though, is like, yeah, it is fun to be a Cavs fan. They're blowing teams out. Like, the Magic are a good team. They're on the road. And they were up, like, 30 points at halftime. Mm-hmm. What was the final? They went and It was 126-99. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. but it's... But I mean, it's not just. And they I mean, just did it to the Bucks. I know the Bucks didn't have Giannis, but like, I mean, I, I I have serious questions about this team and why they're playing better without their best players. So it's funny. Is that not a fair question? It's a total fair question. I've also found myself the more the Cavs win, trying to put off having that question because I think we talked about the Cavs last week talking about there at the time I think it was four or five game win streak. And I was like, well, it kind of feels like, okay, yeah, but where's this going? It is when you bring back Evan Mobley, when you bring back Darius Garland, is this thing just going to fall back apart? Or are are all those weird um, fit issues going to reclaim the narrative about this team? And are they going to be unwatchable again? Because, like, that's the problem. For the first time in Allen and Mobley and Garland and Mitchell, they had a sustained period where – one, nobody was healthy, which is a fair thing to say. But two, their fit together became more of an issue. And I, I don't understand how going into year two, that was the reality. Year two, you know, you should have more familiarity working with each other. You should be able to find ways to, or and, and I don't know, maybe an offensive system to to kind of break apart and and protect yourself from those. And the problem was on any given night, they were jacking up 43s. And while also not well, maybe fifty-seven. Yeah, fifty-seven. They did have a couple nights where the numbers. The one night was like fifty-seven. Threes. And it's funny, like last night they had uh, thirty-eight threes, but it's the it's the type of threes you're seeing. They make sense within the flow of the game. They didn't make sense. Those same thirty-eight threes uh, two months ago look completely different. So like, I've never th- this is a, I've never eschewed the what does all mean conversation as much as I am right now because they're fun to watch again, and I just am happy the Cavs are fun to watch again. I'm happy that I don't go into a game thinking, okay, how stupid is this going to look? How mad am I going to be at JB? What excuses am I going to hear after the game? And in fairness, JB's still the same guy. After he wins, JB still sounds like a man that invented basketball. And after he loses, JB's still a guy that has more excuses than almost any teenager on the planet. So I almost, that's the other thing I'm doing. I'm completely ignoring JB Vickerstaff in this stretch as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, like JB, I, I don't know. To me, JB's take him or leave him. Some yeah. nights he's good, sometimes he's bad. Like, I, I just want to win. I think he is the epitome he's of. A, I think he's a great regular season coach. I actually think he's just kind of a good run-of-the-mill coach. Like, I think when... I mean, there's a lot of really good basketball coaches yes, out there. there are. But there's and, a difference between being, like, a really good basketball coach and then a great basketball coach. Yes, and I will say, I think it is tougher to go upgrade from here with JB, off of JB, than it is... Uh, and I think it's actually pretty easy to downgrade. And that's a big part of the conversation with JB that I think is fair. 
But, like, I'm ignoring him and I'm ignoring the bigger conversations about, well, what does this really mean? Simply because I just want to enjoy this. Yeah. And 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 a lot of it, a lot of it is because I don't know how real this is. Like, I, I think it's real. I think I can say it. I think it's real. But, like, do I know? No, I don't think I do. And so, like, when you get this all-time heater by Sam Merrill, every day, like, we were, we were about – Three minutes into talking about the Cavs, and you're like, yeah, we'll, we'll see if he's still in the rotation in two weeks. He and by the way, won't be. By the way, that's the right answer because that is the the that's the right question. That's the right conversation to be having right now of how can you not keep this guy in the rotation? But yet, I I am now ignoring that conversation because I just want to watch Sam cook. I just want to watch Sam Merrill cook because when he is cooking, and last night was case of it, um. It is, I think some fans look at Sam Merrill and see the guy they thought they were getting in Max Struess. And I think some fans look at Sam Merrill and see some iteration of... And, and Merrill costs like $15 million less? Just a little bit, just a haircut less. And then I think some fans are reminded of Kyle Korver, how the man could just get the ball at almost any spot in the ball, or sorry, any spot on the court, and catch and shoot a 25-foot three like... It's nothing. And so I think I think the Cavs are in a really interesting situation, and I continue every time I start to ask myself the tougher questions, I go, I don't care. I really like watching Sam Merrill play basketball. I, I don't care right now. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, most nights, is playing his ass off. And all of a sudden, Jared Allen looks like the guy he was two years ago and, and, and was, has not been this year. And there's other names. I mean, Dean Wade is playing good minutes now. Um, At the risk of getting Mac aroused, I'm going to say the word Isaac Okoro because the only thing Mac stands for more than Sam Merrill is Isaac Okoro. Um, They're just in a – they're in the the most precarious spot for a team that has won eight straight games. We had uh, Radu on Twitter saying that uh, – or asking, shouldn't Sam Merrill be in the three-point contest at the All-Star game? L- listen, I know that they try and get as many like Steph Curry's and as many of those guys. I kind of look at Sam Merrill as having like his Mac McClung moment where last year, you know, Mac was in the G League and they invited him up to be part of the dunk competition. I, I think he's actually going to be back this year. I would kind of love it if Sam Merrill would be in the three-point competition because the dude just – just breaks, man. Like he just he just has that that percentage. Is that real? Do you know who's leading the league in three point percentage? Who, who's that? Grayson Allen. That dude. Do you know what a year he's having? Yeah, he is. He's doing. He's great. shooting forty eight percent from three. Yeah. Forty eight. And here's the thing: all of us are racking our mind right now to say mean things, like like for some reason I, I, to discredit I, I him. I just remember back in the day. When Adam used to hate the guy and rip on him every single day and yeah. say that he was a dirty player, and he probably was in college, whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, uh, guys are like a really good NBA player. He is. He's actually turned into a really nice rotational player who gets dealt every two years. So yes. Yeah. Sam Merrill this year has taken 178 shots. 153 of them have been from beyond the arc. <laughs> and he's shooting better from three than he is from inside the three point line. I actually do. And listen, I don't expect the Cavs to make a move at the, the deadline this year. Um, I think they have to figure things out with their roster as it is currently constructed. And I think they actually have all the pieces they need. 
this year unless it is like a we're finally going to decide between Jarrett and Evan or we're finally you know you know what I mean like where it's it's a foundational question that you can answer and maybe have a, a player that has a better fit with your core that's the only way but like they don't need like the idea oh well you got to find your 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 Kyle Korver your Channing Fry this year I I mean, I I think outside of like in Mac floated Karis LeVert for PJ Washington in Charlotte, and I can see why you would want to do it. I, Charlotte's a little different. I don't know whether they'd want Karis or not, but I, like that's a kind of deal that maybe makes sense. Nice rotational player for nice rotational player, mm-hmm. but like so much of what the Cavs need to do is just figure out what they can actually fall back on because. You're going to be working Evan and Darius back at either the best or worst time of the year, which is your, you know, you're you're trying to get your team ramped up for the playoffs, while also build good habits, while also find out who you truly are. And my ultimate fear in this this stretch run here, now that they've won eight straight, is that the second Darius and Evan come back, I think you're going to have problems with that identity thing. I think you are caught between being who you are right now, which mm-hmm. is a team that is just, well, I say not who you are right now, who you were, the two teams that you tried to be at the beginning of the season. You tried to be an up-tempo, uh, three-point shooting team at the beginning of the season, while also some nights trying to be a defensive shutdown team. I don't know you can do both things. I thought it was interesting because – it's tough to say that in the midst of an eight-game winning streak, right? Like the the some of this is just let's just enjoy the damn thing, but that rent is coming due. That conversation is going to have to happen, and it's likely going to happen and start happening when Darius comes back, uh, which should happen over the next couple of weeks here. And so I thought it was interesting. While you and I both agreed, like, oh, there's a part of me that just wants to enjoy what the Cavs are doing. There's a part of me that is just it's tough to talk about Donovan's future when you watch Donovan do what he's doing every given night because there's no way that that answer doesn't end up being deflating because it always feels like, especially when you have a player that that has already stated previously he wanted to go somewhere else when he was traded here, it it almost feels like... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You allow the end game to dictate what you're doing now. Yeah. But Jeff Phelps today, at the start of their show, talked about the Cavs situation that they're in right now and the situation they're going to be in once they get their guys back. They're showing that they... This sounds terrible. You don't need Darius Garland to win games. You don't need Evan Mobley to win games. You don't necessarily need Donovan Mitchell to win games. All three of them together doesn't work as well as when one of them's out, at least yet. Hmm. So what do you do? I'm going to Donovan Mitchell if I'm Kobe Altman, and I'm getting his agent on the phone and saying, you know what? If we want to win a championship here, we got to make a move. And I want to know, are you in or out? Are you in or out? What's he saying? I don't know what he's saying. I would think I Donovan. I guess what are you putting on the table? So no, I would no. think Donovan would want to see free agency. He's allowed. You know, this is his second team. He's had a big contract. If he says that, though, I want to see free agency. Then, then I'm going to trade him. Yeah, then then I'm to. going to trade him. And sure. if he says, I'm in, where do I sign? I'm trading Darius Garland. I thought that last part was pretty interesting. If Donovan tomorrow said, hey, I'm in, and I'm going to re-sign here, and I, I understand why you're asking this question now, and I'm going to buy all in, which I don't think he would. I think he would give you the answer of, we'll talk when I get to free agency. Right? I, I, I just think I, I think it's that's where Donovan is. I think he understands the power of his own um, power, as it were. And I think he kind of needs to see things play out. But I think what Jeff is highlighting is what feels like no man's land for the Cavs, right? And and that is Donovan is the guy that if you wanted to win a championship now, you would make a move with Darius because of the overlap in their skill set. And if you decide to put Darius on the open market tomorrow – it is tough to explain the kind of value that he would bring you in a trade. Um, the same thing goes, by the way, with with Jared and Evan. Like, Evan it should be the bedrock of what you're going to do the next five to ten years. But right now, the better and more consistent player in the role that they both occupy, some of this is just how Jared is built, a little bit bigger than Evan, uh, Jared's the better player to win right now with. And so... You could split the difference and maybe keep Donovan and uh, Evan and just hope that, you know, you can bring as much out of Evan as you possibly can as soon as humanly possible. But, like, I do, like, this is, this was always, I don't want to say the downside, this was always one of the possibilities when you traded for Donovan, that you could get a year and a half in and you could be kind of mired in, well, we're kind of this team when the two guys are on the court together, Donovan and Darius, and we're we're probably better when they're not on the court at the same time. And I think that's it, it, a, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you would think that having like three of the better players in the league on the court at the same time, you'd be able to to like have success and win. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. Like, they're better when someone's out. Well, I think what's frustrating is um, I understand how the math is difficult when you have two ball-dominant guards. But yet, this is not the first time this has happened. Everybody's pointed out the run that, that Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum had forever. Uh, they made it work. Other ball-dominant situations have worked. I'm going to give you an extreme, but LeBron and D. Wade in Miami. It wasn't always perfect, but it didn't hold you back. And I, I just I, I I don't think the Cavs will ever be honest about this because they don't have to be. And I don't know that they truly know the answer. But I would love to get an understanding of why it has been so hard to marry what Donovan and Darius do and find a way to soften the overlap and get the most out of both players. And I think back to the the, the Knicks series. I mean, there was there were there were second half of games where Donovan Mitchell is your best player and Darius Garland is bring the ball up the court. There's no movement on the court around these guys. Darius, uh, Donovan's going to the opposite side of the court and just kind of sitting there above the three-point arc. I, I have some pretty strong takes about what that says about coaching. <laughs> and, like, I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to turn this all back into, like, bash JB, but it seems like the Cavs have been bailed out a little bit here with his eight-game winning streak because all of a sudden Cavs fans are where I am, which is I just want to sit back and watch Donovan Cook. I don't want to ask myself the big difficult questions. But, you know, I said that thing about, well, you're kind of in a spot where you don't need another body on the Cavs right now. If anything, your problem might be you have too many bodies. Um, But I don't know definitively because the head coach is doing the same offense that he has the last year and a half. And I realize that that might be unfair because we haven't seen Donovan and Darius together in about four or five weeks. I don't care. It's not about fair. It's not the Fairness Association. It's a basketball association. And it feels like Kobe and the Cavs want to have this thing of, well, we're not going to make a decision on either of our redundancies on the roster, which are Jared and Evan and Darius and Donovan. And I understand wanting to just say, well, let's just let, let's keep rolling the ball out there and see what happens. At the same point, they continue to back JB. And that's where the fear is. Because ultimately, like what, what Jeff said there, the ultimate fear is that you're going to get to a point where all of a sudden you no longer control the situation. You no longer win you control who stays and who goes. And somebody forces your hand, likely Donovan Mitchell. And... I'll be honest, it'll be a massive failure if you get to that point without trying something different at head coach or trying something different with these four best players. Whether that means trying that uh, the Karis LeVert, P.J. Washington thing we talked about, whether that means um, trying to package Struess and, and Yang and, and Sam Merrill and a couple of these pieces together or, or, or Struess and Karis together, I'm that doesn't sound like a great idea. I'm just throwing ideas together, packaging three players together to get a good, you know, uh, one player who's as good as the three is. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the right answer is, but I do know uh, this whole bury your head in the sand philosophy, which it seems like the Cavs are are doing right now, mm-hmm. I think is the worst thing you can be doing. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand what what's going on. But it's fun to watch them win right now. It just it, it sucks because you know at some point – all these guys are going to be back healthy 
and most likely they're going to start playing crappy again because that's just what happens. I don't know that they're going to be – I don't know. I, they have so much success as a team. I don't know that they're going to go back into the tank because I think some of the early season stuff – you're right. Where they were like one game below, uh, above 500, I think some of that was just – it was the perfect confluence of events. Injuries – Guys, it's like two two ships passing a night. You never really get a chance to see guys on the court at the same time. So, like, I think some of that it was that. But yeah, I mean, I I think winning becomes more difficult if there's no way to resolve. One way is to trade guys. Another was to try like an offensive system, which this team promised everybody in Cleveland they were going to do, and then I think abandon about three games into the season because you know that sort of thing is real tough. And I don't know. I, I don't I don't see it just fixing itself. And that's where I think that's where my fear is. Because if if you just let it fester, if you just let it go on, one, I don't think it's great for Darius and Donovan's relationship or any relationship, any professional relationship. When things fester, it's not good, guys. And then and by the way, it's not just Darius and Donovan, it's Evan and, and Jared too. But I think I think you're gonna find yourself back in the playoffs with the same damn question the same oh well why why does the offense look like crap well because the game changes in the postseason great bill welcome to the show what you got for us hey uh, good uh no i just wanted to talk about what has changed at many levels is the fact that the offense has changed significantly at the first it was a high pick and roll with darius and uh the the other guard and what's happened now is is they have moved uh uh, Allen to be the kind of the focus, the fulcrum of it all. And what I, what I want to bring up the fact is, is I don't think you should bring up Mobley in this discussion. Mo, uh, Allen was number six on the list of offensive options before these injuries happened. Number six. And the issue is, is they're using an offense right now. That's very similar to what Chicago Bulls used when they had, when they had Jordan and that is they use the center as the point point person and they would run off of it so that there'd be movement on offense and they're having movement on offense. When they had Darius and Donovan, they weren't moving. And that's why Merrill's effective. I will even state, I think this Porter kid is a better guard long-term than Darius because he's a he's a dog, he is tough. He gets in the paint. He rebounds. Darius is not a championship caliber going into the playoffs type player because he doesn't like to play defense. He just wants to shoot. Bill, we appreciate your call. Thanks, I Bill. I don't think I agree with a uh, fair amount of it. Um, specific to the Sam Merrill thing being a better fit than Darius, I just can't wrap my head around that. Darius is one of the 20 most Premier exciting young point, players yeah, come on. in the NBA. That doesn't mean, by the way, he's untradeable. It doesn't mean that there aren't real fit issues. And I do think there's something to be said about Darius and Donovan and their overlap being the reason why you don't have a lot of movement around those guys, which all of a sudden turns good threes into bad threes. But I'll say this. What I will say is... To the, the credit of the Cavs, since I put them on blast, I don't, I don't think it's an easy fix from here. If if Darius and, and Evan come back and you're still fighting uphill and it's still more difficult to win, you're still going to win, but it's more difficult to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think I, I think that the the ways that you can fix this going forward are going to get tougher and tougher the longer you wait. So I actually have uh, some breaking news from the NBA that perfectly ties together what you and I have been talking about with the state of the Cavs. And breaking news on 92.3 The Fan is presented by BetQL. Bet smarter by downloading the BetQL app and use Ohio 25 to get 25% off your first month. Uh, the Bucks have fired their head coach. Uh, wait, no, this is not last May. This is... They fired Mike Budenholzer last May, and they hired Adrian Griffin uh, over the summer, uh, longtime NBA assistant, former NBA player. And it has been, to me, the reason why we're bringing this up, the Bucks are in second place in the Eastern Conference. They're 17 games uh, above 500. They're actually, they've won two straight, and they're six and four in their last 10 games. And the reason why we're bringing this up is this is very similar to what the, the conversation should be with the Cavs and J.B. Bickerstaff because we upset a few people on on social media that we dared talk about the elephant in the room of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the reality is the Cavs are nine games above 500. They've won eight straight games. But a, as is the case in Milwaukee, you had real fit issues. Now, the roster there in Milwaukee is what it is. They've got Dame, they've got Giannis, and it's pretty much just make that work. And Adrian Griffin was maybe not the right guy, the high, the right hire to follow up Mike Budenholzer. They did just apparently hire Joe Prunty as the uh, interim GM. The interim. And there's a uh, there's a there's some whispers out there. Doc Rivers could be the new head coach. Good luck with that. Um, but no, I mean I think there is what the Cavs are doing right now, which is they right are winning now. right now. They are winning. And they're playing a fun brand of basketball. And we had somebody on social media say, well, oh, wait, they've got better role players now, and they're going to be worse when their their uh, their starters come back, when um, Darius and uh, Evan come back. And to me, that kind of mentality completely skips over the idea of fit, right? And some of these pieces fit best in a one-guard, a ball-dominant, uh, one, good Lord, this is going to be tough one, to get One out. ball dominant? One ball dominant guard situation. And where when the ball's caught between two separate ball dominant guards, it's going to stifle the offense. And and what we're also missing is how having two non-shooting bigs playing together at the same time also then stifles your ability to get more shooting on the floor. So it's not that Darius is a bad guy. Far from it. It's not that Donovan's a bad guy or any of these guys. Honestly, it's not that JB's a bad guy. It's you have a culture coach, a guy who his best role is the ability to keep guys in 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 good spots, intelligent guys, who's not good at X's and O's, who's not good at in-game management, who's not good at rotations. Managing a roster with real – and its flaws is so funny to say because they have more talent now than they did a year ago. Mm-hmm. So it's less, oh, they're doomed to fail. And it is, I, I think we're about, I think there are some people who are going to take what is happening on the court right now or what will happen when Darius and Evan come back, which is you're still probably talented enough to BS your way through most of this season. But if you don't have the right guy to tie it all together or to use the right rotations or to find the philosophy that gets most out of you offensively and defensively, you're probably going to go back into a seven-game series. 
and you might you might be more competitive this year, but it might have the same end result. Because you're not going to be the one seed versus an eight seed. You're going to be a four seed versus a five seed, and those teams can beat you as we saw last year with New York. So what do you do for the Cavs? I mean, obviously the Bucks decided to make a decision. Do you think the Cavs would do something like that or no? Um, I don't think they will. I, I I think I think the Cavs are in kind of ah we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. And I just personally the reason why that actually annoys me is you made a concrete awesome put them on the table kind of move with Donovan. And then everything you've done since then has been half measures and quarter measures. Mm-hmm. And this could be your final 40 games with Donovan. Donovan could come to you this summer and be like, hey, guys, by the way, I love Cleveland. But Appreciate I'd, you so much, but, but I, uh, yeah, I'm going to explore free agency. I'd like to be in Miami or I'd like to be in Brooklyn. That is his right, and that is what players do. And by the way, that'd probably be a better heads up than if he waited to free agency. Right. So to me, so much about this season is proving to Donovan, hey, we're serious about winning a championship. We're serious about getting out there and and being the best version of our team. And so this is where, hey, it's cool. It's, we're having a lot of fun right now. Eight wins in a row is great. But you're winning because you don't have the complications that you you have when you're at full strength. And something at some point has to give. And if you wait until – and listen, the uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff no, kind of put Jeff it out Phelps. there. Jeff Phelps. Yeah, I almost called him Jeff Thomas. Jeff Phelps laid it perfectly out there. Your options are you can trade one of Darius or Donovan. I don't think that's the thing to do today or even until next summer. And even then, I I, I cringe at the idea of it because both are so special. You could trade either Jarrett or um, Jarrett or uh, uh, Evan, which I think Jarrett is the easy odd man out there, um, or you could find a new head coach. Like, those are the three things they're going to – and you could maybe see, well, let's see if we can get somebody different around Karras so we can stagger the guards. I, I just feel like you would you'd find a new head coach before you got rid of good players. I would think that makes a lot of sense, too. I would think JB has been here five years, and we kind of know who he is, and I think what you need now is a real, honest-to-God, X's and O's coach, a guy who can string together a lineup. I think – I don't think that's a hot take to say because I think we were having those conversations before the season, mm-hmm. and now it feels like this season has really only amplified it, and this eight-game win streak is kind of obscuring the real questions about the Cavs. And it's cool, man. Like, if you just want to pay attention to, hey, they're playing good ball, like, I, we've talked about that. I would like that as well. I would like to just watch Sam Merrill ball out and think that that's how things are going to go. I don't want to hear you bitching when Donovan asks out. I don't want to hear you bitching when they inevitably get to a point where you have to fire JB. I would prefer uh, like the organization that had the the stones to put them on the table and play at the big boy table with trading for Dar- uh, Donovan Mitchell. I'd prefer that to still be the organization. You don't get this whole thing of you don't get to you don't get to say, man, the God bless the Cavs and Kobe Altman for making the Donovan Mitchell deal. And then two years later, when it has been half measures, which is that okay, let's see what it goes. Let's see how it goes. And then you get to the point where you're like, man, we got 40 games left in the regular season, and I just don't know. At some point, you got to put them back on the table. I feel like we've been having this conversation, though, for like a year and a half. Which part of it? The JV stuff. I think so. But I don't know the Cavs are having that. 
which scares the crap out of me. I, I think I think internally they love JB. I th- and JB's a great guy. I by by all accounts. I think Kobe's really smart, and I don't think I I think he's going to throw <laughs> JB over the side of the boat when it is most convenient for Kobe, and maybe not when it's best for the Cavaliers. Well, that's a problem. I would say so. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.